Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Welcome to another episode of the Millennial Prophets Perspective. I am Christopher DeShannon, your host, and I'm so excited that you thought it not robbery to join us and listen in today. I'm going to open up with our opening thought, and I would like to say from all of us here at the Millennial Prophets Perspective, happy National Women's History Month. I salute all women. Um, I salute what you guys bring to the world. I salute the fact that you ladies, you give birth to the world. You don't just give birth to to the people, but you give birth to the vision and to the ideals of the people. You give birth to you you gave birth to me. You gave birth to to my my being. You gave birth to to my sense of love. So I appreciate you and I celebrate each and every one of you, not just in March because that's a national thing, but I celebrate women of all races, ages, colors, creeds, shapes, sizes, backgrounds, personality types, even blood types every day. 365 is Women's History Day, Women's History Month. You deserve and you receive love. You are love. Um, with that being said, we're going to jump right into this week's meme ministry, and it's coming from at Just Girl Project on Instagram, and it says, why crying helps. The meme gives us a few reasons why crying helps. It says, crying removes toxins from the bud, from the body, I'm sorry, and releases stress hormones. It can help us realize that something is wrong. Crying can help you get support from people around you. It relieves stress. Crying can actually elevate your mood by lowering manganese levels. Now, I definitely would say that I agree with with those specific areas that crying helps. But even when I think of crying, I want to encourage everyone, not just women, but men, children, Whoever is listening, I want to encourage everyone to take time to cry sometimes. Crying does not always mean that you're sad. Sometimes you may cry because you're grateful and you're showing gratitude. Sometimes you may cry because you're happy. Whatever the reason is, whenever your emotions are so overwhelming to your body that it decides it needs another outlet other than a smile, another outlet other than a hug, another outlet other than other than then a word, when your body tells you that its emotions wants to be released through your tear ducts, let it. There's absolutely nothing wrong with crying. The meme tells us that crying can relieve stress. I don't know about you, but sometimes I'll get so overwhelmed with life. I'll get so overwhelmed with the situation. And it'll bring me to tears because I'm frustrated. I don't know how to handle this. I don't know how to help this. I don't know what to do from this. I don't know where to go, how to get out of this place. And sometimes a good cry is all it takes for me to be reminded that this isn't my problem. This isn't my battle. I don't have to know the answer. I was created by the only thing, the only entity, the only deity, the only person, if you will, that has the answer to every problem, that has the solution to every situation. So sometimes crying helps me to readjust to refocus, to realign my my thought process, to realign my spirit man to where it should be. Because at the end of the day, nothing that we deal with, nothing that we go through, nothing that we experience in life is for one, because of us. It's not for us. And there's nothing we could do to change it 
other than be disobedient. If we are disobedient to God's will for us, if we're disobedient to God's commands for us, then yes, we may not be able excuse me, to live the life that we dream of. But I guarantee you through obedience, even as the, um, there's a scripture that says, um, what's the scripture? Oh, it says that he will give us the desires of our heart. If we delight ourselves in his ways, if we are obedient, he'll give you what your heart wants. Because one thing I will tell you about total obedience to Christ is that your heart's desire. And when you are truly obedient to God, your heart's desire is going to be his will for you. So why would he not Make his will for your life come to pass. For he knows the thoughts that he thinks toward us. We may not know them, but he knows. But if we're obedient and we're in tune with him, he may, he'll let us dream a dream that is his plan. So I challenge you, this week, this month, today even, take a moment to cry. Release whatever it is. Whether it be joy, hurt, sorrow, indecisiveness, uncontentness, whatever it is, release it, release it through tears. Those tears are not only washing away those thoughts and not only washing away that anxiety, but those tears are watering the seeds of faith. Those tears are watering the seeds of your prayers. Those tears are watering the seeds of your desires. So let those tears water and help produce what it is that God has promised you. So I challenge each of us today, cry sometimes. It's okay. You're not weak. You're not any less than. You're just crying. And that's perfectly fine. So that brings me to our scripture of the week. And it's coming from Psalms, the 80th chapter, or <clears throat> for my deep people, the 80th division of Psalms, beginning at the fifth verse. And it says, Thou feedest them with the bread of tears and givest them tears to drink in great measure. Verse six says, thou makest us a strife unto our neighbors and our enemies laugh among themselves. Verse seven, turn us again, O God of hosts, and cause thy face to shine and we shall be saved. I have read to you the 80th division of Psalms beginning at the fifth verse all the way down to the seventh verse. May God add a blessing to the readers, hearers, and the doers of his most precious and holy word. Amen. And that's how we say it in church. At least that's how they said it in my church when I was growing up. And I always wanted to read the scripture, but they didn't never let me. So since they didn't let me, I had to get that out. But what this scripture tells me, even, and I'll just, I'll just, you know, I'm going to do a brief little breakdown and I'm going to drop these nuggets that God gave me to y'all. Ho hopefully it'll hope you like it hoped it me because it hoped me. So I'm trying to hope somebody else. That's what my auntie say. My auntie say hope. She don't say help. So I'm going to hope y'all. Hope I hope it can hope y'all like it hoped me out. Thou feedest them with the bread of tears. Now, if you are like me and I don't understand sometimes what the King James Version is saying. So I love to get on my Bible app. And I love to highlight them verses I want to read. And I hit the compare option because then it'll show me all the different versions. And sometimes it's nothing wrong with starting at King James Version because we, we honor that. That's that's the Bible that we all grew up with. So we honor that. And most times if I'm ministering or, you know, if I'm preaching, quote unquote, then I'm going to read from King James Version. But I'm always going to reference another version because if that's how I got my understanding and if that's how God was, I was able to receive the revelation from the scripture that God wanted me to have, then I feel like maybe that might help somebody else that same way. So I want to read the International Children's Bible. And I love this version because it literally breaks the word down to the least common denominator. 
It says, you have fed your people tears. You have made them drink many tears. Now, if you think about it, in this content, the writer is not, it's not, it's not talking the same way I'm saying that tears can help you. This, this writer is saying, okay, look, God, look, bro. These people hurt and these people crying. These people tired. They stressed out. They're experiencing sorrow and grief that they don't know what to do. And it's your fault. You gave it to them. Because he reigns on the just as well as the unjust. So just as he can rain down blessings, he can also rain down sorrow. He's a total God. He's not a half-sided God. He's not, he's not one-dimensional. He is not, God is not a flat surface and neither is earth. I just thought I'd throw that in. But, um, and it goes on to say, you made those around us fight over us. Our enemies make fun of us. Most times when we bring ourselves to a crying point because of stress, because of, of fear, because of worry, because of situations, it's because of what others may think or how, what someone may have said. I've been a victim of, oh, somebody said this to me. No, I don't know how they meant it, but this is how I received it. This is what that this is what I heard them say. Yes, I heard exactly what you said, but this is what I received from what you said. Um, quick example, I once had a young lady give me what could have very well been a compliment. And it, it was in reference to me singing. And she said, oh, well, it really doesn't matter what you sing. It's going to all sound the same. It's going to, it's going to all sound the same. Now, some would argue that she was saying, oh, you have a signature voice, a signature style. And you know, regardless of what you're singing, she knows it's you. But for me, I received Oh, all your songs sound the same. I felt like Ike when Tina told him all the songs sound like the same song. Ike, I don't, I don't know what you want. I mean, that's how I felt in that moment. And what I had to do was I had to deal with me in that moment because, okay, God, at the end of the day, regardless of what she meant, I received what she said. Now, how can I grow from it? Because whether she meant it good or bad for for my good or not, I'm gonna regardless of what your what her intentions were, I used it for my good. So now I make sure that whenever I minister in song, let, let me make sure that I'm, I'm flowing with God. Because one thing about my God, he ain't boring. He ain't stale. God is the only person that can do the same thing forever and it never gets old. Like, that's really dope when you think about it. Like, he legit does the same thing every day for however long the world's been in existence, all these whole bunches of hundreds of millions of years, and it never gets old. God is legit like a good Tyler Perry play. It don't matter how many times you see it, you're going to laugh all over again like it's the first time. And that's just how God is. It don't matter how many times I wake up and he gives me mercy. It don't matter how many times I wake up and he has to chastise me every day. I'm going to laugh and I'm going to I'm going to receive joy. I'm going to feel love just like it's the first time all over again. But let me get back to this scripture because, you know, I get to talking about Jesus and baby, I talk your ear off. But that's not what we here for today. We do have an agenda. It says you made those around us fight over us. Our enemies make fun of us now. I think this was probably one of the first cases in, 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 in the scripture that deals with bullying. And I want to speak even right there. Be mindful of what you say because your words have power. We, we know that the scripture tells us that the power of life and death, that I'm sorry, that life and death are in the power of the tongue. And I want to make sure that we are being mindful of what we're saying to people. 
even the Bible tells us that we'll give an account for every idle word. So sometimes, oh, I'm just talking. Uh, oh, I didn't mean that. I just said, well, if you didn't mean it, don't say it. Be very intentional with your words. Um, there's a meme that, that, that's been floating around for some time that says, you never know what battles people are, fight, are facing when you see them. So be kind. And that's what I want to encourage us. We don't want to be those enemies that are laughing at, at people that, that are laughing at them and that, that are pushing them to that place. If you can't encourage them, if you can't help them, pray for them or don't even waste your time thinking about them. Because honestly, if what you're doing is not beneficial, it's a waste of time. The old song says, only what you do for Christ will last. That's all that's going to be counted in the end. So be intentional. Uh, moving on, and it says, God of heaven's armies, take us back. Show us your kindness. Now, I don't know about you, but when I'm in those low places, when the enemy comes in like a flood, when depression comes in, when, when, when low self-esteem comes in, when suicidal thoughts come in, it always takes me to a place of feeling like God doesn't love me. God doesn't want me. I'm not worthy of God's grace. I'm not worthy of, of his care. He, he, he's no longer concerned about me. I'm no longer the apple of his eye. I, 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 I'm, no longer, I'm no longer giving him a sweet, sweet fragrance with my worship. Whenever I get to that place, it, it, it's normally associated with the thought that, I've done something to make God no longer love me anymore, to make God no longer want to be gracious and kind toward me. But that's that's never his desire. Even when he chastises us, that still his desire is not to harm us, but to make us better. And I love the last clause of it. It says, show us your kindness so we can be saved. It's not until God shows his kindness, God shows his mercy, his grace that we are saved. It's through his mercy and grace that we are saved. So even even when you get to those points of you, you're going through a, a season of tears, it seems like you're going through a flooded season and, and you're you're supplying the flood and it keeps getting higher and higher. And the flood is coming from your tears. It feels like every day is, a, is another reason to cry. Every day is just sorrow. Every day something going on. You under attack. You under so much warfare. But we're going to talk about warfare a little later in the show. So let's put a pin in warfare because we're coming back to that. But it, it, it just seems like, oh, God, every day is just so sorrowful. If you are in that, in that season that it feels like you, you don't have enough tears, um, like Mary Mary said, here I go again, representing Mary Mary. <laughs> Mary Mary said, I've, I've cried my last tear yesterday. If you are in that point, if you are at that point in your life, I want you to be mindful and be reminded. If you, do, if you don't know this, let me inform you that no matter what season you're in, God's love remains the same. Even if God allows you, to, when God allows you to go through rough seasons, when God allows you to go through humbling seasons, when God chastises you through a season, when God allows you to reap what you've sown in a season, it is not because he does not love you. He chastises those whom he loves. So if life is a little rough, I dare you to hold on, to hang on, because it's going to get sweeter. Life didn't give you lemons, so there's no need to make lemonade. God gave you what you gave. So as my mama would say, sleep in the bed that you made. And that is the word of the Lord. And we're moving right along. Now, as you know, we like to do a spiritual spotlight every week. And this week's spiritual spotlight is on perception. One of the things I want to talk about perception is 
Yes, I want to talk about perception today. And I want to specifically talk about the perception of black men. Um, I am a very particular and peculiar person. Just in general, in life, I'm particular. Not not because I'm a part of a holy nation of peculiar people, but God just created me very uniquely and eccentrically. And I'm just very particular and peculiar. So when I go somewhere and I order food or if I go to a store or to purchase something, I'm more than likely going to ask for it to be made a certain way. Specifically, let's let's just stick with, with the point of food. I'm more than likely going to ask for my food to be made a certain way. Whether it is fast food or fine dining, if I'm paying for a product, I expect my request to be honored. And I don't mind paying extra or waiting the time patiently for what it is that I'm asking for. But one of my biggest fears is that when I go into a restaurant, if I make too many requests or if I need too many revisions or if I send my food back because it's not the way I asked for it, I'm afraid of being perceived as the angry black man. Now, the thing about that is this is not something that I grew up with. I, I didn't I didn't understand how black men were perceived as a child. I, I, I grew up in a world that I was so sheltered and I was so loved that I didn't really know that the rest of the world would not see me the way my family did. I didn't know that the rest of the world would not see me the way my mother or my father did. I didn't know that. And so once I became an adult, I was so hell bent on being grown and doing what I want to do and living how I wanted to, that I would go places and I was determined that you would see the best and worst of my personality within the first five seconds of meeting me because I needed you to know the light that I could bring into your life and the darkness because I need you to know which side you want to be on. That, that's just that's the way I was living at that, that point in my life. And it was in those early years of 18 to 21 that I realized that it was so easy to be perceived as extra or flamboyant or feminine or just too much. And even, even with those flamboyant, feminine, extra tags, I still would be perceived as an angry black man. I still would, you know, be watched because of my stature, because of my height and my size. When I walk into a store, I'm still going to be watched. It does not matter where I go. I'm going to make someone uneasy. And it's all about the perception, because if you get to know me, or if you have a conversation with me, you'll find that I'm probably one of the most understanding and loving people you'll ever meet. My desire is not to harm anyone. I will give you the shirt off my back, even if you got to wrap around seven times and get you a better tie on to make it a dress. If you if you need my shoes to get in like a rowboat and canoe down the road, I'll give them to you because that's just the type of person I am. But because of the color of my skin, because of my height, because of my girth, because I'm a big one, people will perceive me and they will judge me with their preconceived notions just based on what they assume. And so as a black male, I live every day with the fear of how will I be perceived? And the sad part is it's not just from our other constituents of other races and persuasions. It's more from my own people than it is them. Because at the end of the day, 
I know how they feel. And when I say they, I'm not saying everybody feels that way. But I know as a race of people how the the other races have treated blacks and how, you know, the white races treated all other races other than them. I, I'm aware of that. So I live my life with caution with them. But with my own people, I expect to be able to relax. I expect to be able to be myself and not be perceived as something that I'm not. One of the things I want us to start doing in our community is let's be more mature and let's ask the questions. Let's have the conversations that need to be had so that we can get an understanding. The Bible says that we perish for the lack of knowledge. So we need to, in all that getting, get an understanding. We need to make sure that we're not some dumb bunnies running around here in the world. Don't be so heavenly minded that you're no earthly good. Read your Bible. Study some study some history. Know what's going on in the world around you. Know more than what happened at your church on Sunday. Know more than that. Know more than who's sleeping with who husband. Know more than that. It's okay to get an education. On any level. If getting an education for you is getting a GED, do it. If getting an education for you is going to community college, going to a trade school, do it. If getting an education for you means going on YouTube and learning how to how to do something that you didn't know before, do it. Never stop learning because no matter how they perceive you, no matter how they feel about you, one thing that they cannot take from you is what you know. So even in our perception of one another, I want us to be mindful that even with what we know, we still don't know everybody and we don't understand everything. So let's perceive each other with the same grace that we would like to be perceived with. And I'm going to move on. I'm sure I am. I'm sure I am. Today, I'm going to do something a little different. I normally have a thought and a, you know, a really big sermon because I like to preach. You know, I'm a, I'm a good orator. I'm an oracle of the Most High God. I like to preach to the people because that's what he have called me to do. Uh-huh, he have called me to do it. But I'm not going to do it today. I've already preached enough. That's why my throat gets so dry because when you preach, I see why the preachers do that now because their throat be dry. That's why y'all be taking them them little glasses of water with that napkin over it. So do the lint off the napkin begin in their water? Is that what begin caught in their throat when they preach? Okay, never mind. Never mind. We're just going to keep going. Yeah, foot. Preachers with the dry throat. But um, anyways, so today we I'm, I'm just going to do a little real talk. We're we just going to have a little real talk. Now, if you know me, you know I'm, I'm a nemonyms. I like my acronyms. You know, somebody prophesied to me, one of my um old pastors, I used to go to a lot of churches. I used to go to a lot of churches. I was what you call a church hopper. If the pastor made me mad, I used to leave. The choir used to make me mad, I used to leave. But you know what? God had to mature me. He matured me. And I know how to sit down, take correction, be a son, serve until God releases you. And honestly, if you're a real son, God don't release you. But sometimes you go and be a son to who God didn't call to be your father and God will release you. Amen. And we give glory to him for that. But I'm uh, moving right along. Real talk today. These are just some raw evaluations about life that I've made. Um, as I previously said in this episode, know what's going on around you. Know a little bit more than what's going on at your church. Know what's going on in the global body of Christ. And like everybody else, 
I have a perspective about the Kirk Franklin situation. So I'm going to hit it right quick and I'm going to keep moving. This is what I want to say to y'all. Make sure when we start judging folk, when we start, you know, putting our two, three, four, five, six, one cents into people's business, please make sure that you gather and collect all data before you make your conclusion. Now, in the beginning, now let, let me be clear. I am not condoning Kirk Franklin or any Christian that, you know, lives contrary to what the Bible declares. And, of course, there is no direct scripture that says, as a Christian, you should not curse. But we do live a life of decency and modesty as Christians to a certain extent. We do make sure that our light shines so before the world, you know, and that make sure that we're rightly dividing the word. We're workmen that need not be ashamed. But, you know, you know, the scripture tells us there's a lot of other ways that we could apply that you don't cuss as Christians. So I'm not condoning Kirk or me or any other Christian that curses sometimes because we can say we slip up. But what's in a man's heart going to come out his mouth? It's in my heart to cuss them out. And it be in our heart so we cuss them out. It don't be the devil. It don't be no slip up. We don't even have to be mad sometimes. We just cuss because we want to. Like Monique said, cussing feel good sometimes. And I get it. Steve Harvey said it too. It feel good. But guess what? That ain't godly. That ain't godly. So I'm not condoning what Kirk did. I'm not condoning what Kirk said. But what I am saying is, in other words, as Will gave Ashley Banks this advice when she was dealing with some bullies at school, I, I don't know if, you, if you're familiar with the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, but I remember Will telling young Ashley, you know, he, he was telling her how to approach the people, and what he told her to tell the people was, mind your business, mind your business. So that's all I'm telling you, mind your business, mind your business. Because no, we don't condone what happened, we don't condone you know, what was said, what was done. But at the end of the day, we didn't know the full story. And even with all that has come out from um, Carrie Young's mother and Kirk and, and, and his other family members that have come forward and, and said things, we still don't know the full story. So mind your business. Mind your business. And moving right along. I recently had a situation that God used as a teachable moment for both me and, and another person. Um, there was a situation in my hometown, for those of you that don't know, I am broadcasting live all the way from Tallahassee, Florida. <laughs> and so there was a situation in my hometown where the ministry that I formerly went to, they, um, they went live and a part of their church service was taken and was put online and made fun of. Now, me being me, I'm about a lot of things, but I'm not going to be petty. Not in public, at least. God is yet working on me in private. And judge me not, because he's working on me in private, because some stuff just ain't public, not shouldn't be public knowledge. But I didn't find it funny. Now, there were some people around that did find it funny. And, you know, I did not necessarily agree with what was did or said in the video, but that was not my judgment call to make. I'm not here to judge whether or not you hear from God or whether or not this is God in this moment. That's not that was not my judgment call to make. I didn't necessarily like what I heard, but I didn't find any need to be petty or funny or make jokes about it. Because if anything, let me offer you some tips to help you not, not be in that place, that position again. Or let me offer you some tips of how you can take that situation and you could, excuse me, you could get in front of the narrative and control how the media sees you. 
but that wasn't my job. And so what ended up happening, there was a, um, a post made. And if you know me in real life, I'm going to comment when I see something. And it was me and, and, and my, my sister, we were having a, a, a public conversation. And, you know, to a certain extent, I was reminding her of, you know, how the ministry behaves and how, how they conduct themselves and that, you know, they're, they're not, they're not, the, they're, they're not the type of ministry to throw shade or, or be petty. That, that's not, that's not the way the ministry, that's not the ministry standard. And so I was simply reminding her of that. So I had a young, a young lady inbox me and she basically inboxed me to tell me that, you know, she read my post or she read my comment and that she felt convicted to an extent of how she initially responded. And me being me, because I was in my feelings to a certain extent, because the, the, these are my family members. You know, I was a member of this ministry and served faithfully for four years. So whether I'm there now or not, they'll always be a part of me and they'll always be a part of my family. And so, you know, I'm, I'm a little sensitive. I'm not going to lie. I was in my little feelings. So don't come in my inbox talking about my people. That's how I felt. And so my initial response, it was, a little snappy, I'll admit it, it, it. I gathered her, so to speak, um, but it was still respectful. And so she responded. And right when I was about to just flip the tables over and just really, really let go and let not God have his way. Because I don't be letting the devil use me, but I be letting not God have his way every once in a while. And so y'all pray my script right there because sometimes not God, who God, he'll make you do and say something to people that you ain't supposed to do and say. And so right then when not God was about to say something through me, the God in her responded and shifted my whole perspective. And where I was about to be petty and forfeit this lesson that God wanted both me and her to learn. Right at that moment, I was about to be petty. I was about to let go and, and let not God have his way. And that's when God shifted it. And what it taught me was be careful because in, in the moment, I perceived that she wanted to be petty about the situation. Even though she was saying that she felt bad for how she responded initially, I still perceived that she was being messy. And so my perception almost led me to being petty when God wanted to use me. So through that, I learned really quickly. I was reminded quickly to be patient and see what God about to do. And, and, and we, this is just real talk. I'm just, I'm just talking to you. Just, this is just what's been on my heart. And I feel like somebody else needs to hear this. I don't know who this for, but if you're listening, it must be for you. Amen. Praise God. Uh-huh. But yeah, and so so God used used that moment for both of us. He reminded me of my purpose and he enlightened her and she even publicly, you know, acknowledged that hey, I had a moment privately with you that you you had nothing bad to say and and I had to let the people know she didn't even come to me to be messy because if we're going to put it out that we're going to keep it a buck, we're going to keep it a buck across the board. I, if you're going to validate that that my feelings towards something are true and valid, then I'm going to give you the the, the same in return because People could have still easily misperceived that. And even with us both admitting that we had nothing bad to say about the situation or that we supported the ministry in the situation, of course, people still are going to perceive how they want to perceive, but that wasn't our problem right then. Uh-huh. Cause they're going to perceive it how they're going to perceive it. And one of the things that that God reminded me and in, 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 in that moment was you have to be careful what you say because once you say it, it's out there. And no matter how much you apologize, it can't be taken back. 
And I want you to understand that you cannot penetrate a person's soul with your words if you've already punctured their heart. I'm going to say that again because that was real good right there. You cannot penetrate a person's soul with your words if you've already punctured your heart with their words, their heart with your words. And what that means is if God wants to use you in this moment, but you've already offended me. I won't receive what God has for me. And even if, even if I do receive it, I won't receive it at the capacity that he intended for because you got in the way. You let your flesh and your emotions get in the way. So now I'm offended. So yes, God did tell you to tell me that. But guess what? You don't hurt my feelings. So I don't really care what God said through you right now. And I know I'm not the only one. So this goes back to what I was saying earlier. Be very mindful and be intentional with your words. We have to be very careful of what we say and what we release. Because we're, we're living in a season that everybody, you know, um, the Bible tells us that, that his sons and daughters shall prophesy. So everybody prophesying now and they declaring the word of the Lord and, and they speaking what God said. So we got to be careful because we can't speak for God and from flesh. We can't speak for God and for not God. And let me stop calling him not God. The, the devil, Satan, Lil Lucy, all them other names that God gave him. Yeah, because I'm not going to call him no not God. That's almost like, that's not almost, that's disrespectful to, to God to call him not God. Because that just means, oh, he could just be something that's not God. No, he's the complete opposite of God. God good, he evil. God holy, he unholy. God make me smile. And y'all be thinking he be making y'all smile in the moment, but then he make you frown. Mm-hmm, you do. Stop frowning with the devil. Smile with God. Yeah, glory. That's a word right there. Uh, Y'all can send me an offering off that one. But um, but yeah, you got to be careful of your words because once you've punctured my heart, once once you've punctured my, my self-esteem, once you've punctured my purpose, I don't care about nothing else you got to say. And yes, God may, may make you realize a little later. And you know, when you realize you may humble yourself and come back and apologize. But at the end of the day, you already hurt my feelings. And once you break my trust, it'll never be back mended. You may get a piece of it back, but I'll never view you the same. And so we have to be careful because you really don't know whose life God is going to use you to touch. You don't know whose life God desires for you to make an impartation in. So we got to be careful and we've got to be intentional and be mindful. That's the thought for the day. Be intentional and be mindful. Moving right along. Now, this is something that I have a tendency to do. I tell people, oh, well, this is the way I think. So I have to assume that somebody else is going to think, think this way. Or this is the way I view it. So I have to assume that somebody else is going to view it the same way as me. And I, I've said that for about two or three years now. And recently, God dealt with me. He chastised me about it because... I'm an individual. When God created me, so to speak, he broke the mold. So ain't nobody else out there thinking like me. Ain't nobody else out there perceiving like me. That's, that's part of the reason that he placed it so heavily on my spirit to even start this podcast because there are not many people that are bold enough to say what I'm bold enough to say. There are not many people that are courageous enough and integral enough to come against religious systems 
and to speak what thus said the Lord concerning what's going on. And that has come, come to be what seems to be the norm for church and for ministry. Now, there are not many people that will see and tell you, no, that ain't God. And I'm not going to pretend like it is. There are not many people that will stop a prophet mid-prophecy because you prophet lying. That's not me you talking to. And it's not to be cocky or not, not to be boastful because my soul make her boast in the Lord. Oh, glory to God. But I understand what my purpose and not just, not just the lives of people around me, but I understand what my purpose in the world is. I'm not here to challenge your belief. I'm here to introduce you to a real relationship with Christ. And a real relationship with Christ is completely different from anything that you've learned in those religious seminars that y'all go to every week. Yeah, we go to we go to a building every Sunday, most of us. We turn on our TV or whatever the case is and we view it on live. But most of them are just religious seminars repeating rhetoric that really has no real revelation or no real substance. That's not what we're about over here on the Millennial Prophet's perspective. Yes, we will challenge your theology. Yes, we will challenge you to think another way. Yes, our perspective is totally different. And that's what makes us unique and that's what makes us needed. And just like our voice is unique and needed, so is yours. You are an individual that is a part of a community. So yes, behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Yes, it is very important for us to realize that we need each other to survive. But in order to realize that you need them, you've got to understand that they need you. And even if it seems like they don't need you, somebody needs you. Everybody needs somebody. And somebody is needed by everybody. And one of the things that I had to learn in life is that even if the somebody that needs you is only the person right next to you, that's perfectly fine. If your reach and your influence only goes as far as your immediate family, that's fine. If your immediate influence, if your influence goes and, and your reach is to the masses, that's fine. Don't be like those that he gave five talents and those that he gave one. Don't think that because your reach is only to your local assembly that you're not important, that your word is not needed, that your intercession is not needed, that your gift, that your creativity is not needed. One thing that, that I have had to learn in recent years is that God does not want church as it has been. This is something that I've been preaching and that I've been sharing every chance I get. God is working in ways that are new to us, but not new to him. So that youth group that you was judging because they was rapping, that's still God. And guess what, millennials? Them hymns that we be judging. Okay, maybe it's just me because I'm, anyways, they take too long. Come on, now, hurry up. That's. Y'all don't want us doing all our long runs. Well, guess what? We get them from them hymns. Uh, that's a run. You just slowed it down. Hymns have runs on phonics. That's what it is. But guess what? It's still needed and it's still valuable. And maybe I shouldn't say that it's runs on phonics, but that's what I feel. I feel like hymns is runs on phonics. So I learned my runs from hymns. That's why I break them all up and they real slow and drug out. Y'all got them real cute. I don't got all them pretty ones like that. I got them slow old schools like them deacons. But nonetheless, you're unique. You're needed. Um, if I could say anything, if I could leave 
anyone with any thought from today's episode, I would want you to know that you are not alone. Michael Jackson said, You are not alone. I am here with you. Though you're far away. Because y'all not going to talk like Mike, Mike didn't have a little gold in his throat. Y'all not going to play with me. Stop playing with my top. But I want you to understand that you are needed. You are loved. And you are not alone. I know it feels like no one sees you. It feels like no one hears you. It feels like you are literally stuck in a rut, like you're in a cage. For some of you, it feels like you are in a in a four by four cage and you're on display and the rest of the world is walking around and passing you by and you're just stuck. I get it. I've been there. I know it feels like you'll never overcome what happened to you. I know it feels like you're never, you'll never get far enough away from the trauma of your past to enjoy your present and be hopeful about your future. I know it feels like you'll never fully heal from what they did or said to you. I know it feels like you'll never overcome the words that you spoke out of your own mouth concerning you. But I come to let the enemy know that what God has said shall live, it shall live. And if you are here, if you are alive today, there is a purpose attached to your name. There is an assignment that God needs you to complete today that only you can. So not only are you needed, not only are you loved, not only are you not alone, but you matter. And I've said this before, black lives matter. But right now I'm not even just talking about a life. Your soul matters. Where your soul is headed after this life, it matters. So be very intentional of how you deal with others. Cry when needed, when necessary. Release it. Allow, allow your body to release those endorphins and those hormones. Allow your body to release those toxins. Some of us are literally tense in our bodies because we are holding things in that we could easily get over if we just allowed ourselves to cry about it. A tip that I use is I don't normally like to cry around people because then people want to know what's wrong and how can they help. Honestly, if I'm at the point of tears, people can't help. This is now officially me and God. And it's been that way from the beginning. But because at some point I thought that maybe people could help or I thought that maybe I was going to do it. I didn't allow God to do it. And so now that I'm at the point of tears, I like to go and walk and cry. Because for one, the more I walk, I'm releasing those hormones and then my body's releasing all these things that are making me feel physically better. And as I'm crying, I'm spiritually cleansing. So by the time I get done walking and crying and talking to Jesus, even if I don't got the solution, even if God ain't told me how to how he finna do it, even if he have not given me instructions on what to do concerning it, I leave that moment feeling more reassured that God's got it than I started. So if you got to go on your low walk, put your headphones in. Oh, I'm sorry. Y'all don't use headphones. Put your AirPods in. Because y'all real bougie. Y'all millennials, y'all real bougie. Y'all have the AirPods XYZ Max. I know y'all have them. So put your AirPods in or get in your car. But I don't recommend crying while you're driving because your eyes be blurry. So pull over if you're crying while you're driving. It's, so, it's okay to cry. But just pull over if you need to. 
because I don't want y'all wrecking talking about all oh, the millennial prophet's perspective told me to cry while I was driving. He said, no, he didn't say it. No, he didn't say it. He didn't say it that at all. But I want you to leave this episode knowing that whatever it takes for you to get better, as long as it's in the will of God, do it. If it's therapy, if it's medication, if it's exercise, if it's picking up a hobby, if it's reading your Bible more, if it's more prayer, if it's more time just sitting in the presence of God, if it's whatever it is, do it. And I want you to understand some of this stuff that y'all be doing, most of this stuff that y'all be doing, it stemmed from a biblical principle and somebody somewhere along the line perverted it. So, you know, a lot of y'all, y'all want to burn sage through y'all house. Well, grandma didn't burn sage through her house. She just blasted church music and prayed and cleaned her house. And it cleansed her house not only of them evil spirits, but it cleansed the house of that filth and that dust. You know, but y'all want to burn y'all sage? Well, I'm going to just be like grandma and I'm going to turn my music way, way, way up. And I'm going to get my fabuloso and my bleach. I don't know what it is, but bleach gets rid of everything. Bleach run them spirits out too. Bleach like garlic on vampires. But, um, yeah, even what we call meditation, that's the same thing as sitting in the presence of God. Because the thing about meditation is you want to get your body to its most relaxed state to where you're no longer in control. That's the only way you're going to hear from God. So y'all be mindful when, when we're doing some of this stuff and, and we saying, oh, I got this from yoga. No, yoga got that from God. That's church. That, that, that ain't even church. That, that's kingdom. That's relationship. Because relationships say, God, if I got to sit here quietly for 30 minutes before you tell me to move, I will do it. Religion say, oh, I'm going to just talk to God on my way because I got to be on time for church. But relationships say that if God has me late for church, then it's something that God is protecting me for or preparing me for. Whatever the timing is, God is either protecting or preparing you with whatever the situation is. So let us pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you now for another opportunity to come into your presence, for another opportunity to pour out our love and adoration upon you. God, we thank you for another time just to say thank you. So God, we show our gratitude to you today for who you are, not just what you are and what you're capable of, but for who you are. So God, we thank you for your mind. We thank you for your heart. We thank you for your thoughts toward us. We thank you for your grace, for your mercy, for your love, for your favor. God, we thank you that you created us in your image and in your likeness. So God, we thank you that, that even as the world told us, God don't make no junk. So God, we thank you that we are precious jewels in your sight, that, that we are precious treasures to you. So God, we thank you that no matter what we feel about ourselves, that no matter what the enemy says about us, that no matter what man says concerning us, that we will hold on to the fact that you told us that you know your thoughts toward us, thoughts of peace and not to harm us, thoughts to give us a prosperous and an expected end. So God, we thank you that we know that if we hold on to your unchanging hand, that we'll overcome any situation. God, we thank you that we know that we can do all things through you who give us strength. God, we thank you that we know that you will never leave us nor forsake us. God, we thank you that we know that we've seen that we once were young and we now are old, but we've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor your seed beg for bread. God, 
God, we thank you that we know that we can look to the hills from which cometh our help because our help cometh from you. God, we thank you that we know that you are our shepherd and that because of that, we shall not want. God, we thank you that we know that, that you allowed your son to hang, bleed, and die for us to give us a right to the tree of life. So God, we thank you that we know that you'll never leave us nor forsake us. God, we thank you that we know that even in those quiet moments, you're still there. God, we thank you that we know that, that at our most weakest points, that when we feel like we can't walk any further, that when we feel like we can't take another step, oh God, we thank you that we know that you'll carry us. God, we thank you that we know that no matter what we do, nothing can separate us from your love. So God, we thank you that we know that we can't go too far, that your grace can't reach us. God, we thank you that we know that no matter who we are and no matter where we've been, that you'll always be there for us. So God, we thank you that we know that even if we've got to run back to you, that you'll be waiting with open arms for your prodigal child to come home. So God, we pray even now, God, concerning the, those that, that, that are dealing and battling with low self-esteem. God, we pray even now concerning those, those that, that are bottling up their emotions, those that are bottling up what's bothering them. God, we pray even now, oh God, that, that those that cannot speak to anyone, that those that don't trust anyone, God, that, that you'll renew their trust and their faith in you, God, that you'll remind them that when you allowed your son Jesus to leave the earth realm, that you sent forth a comforter that will be with us even until the end of the world. God, we thank you that you promised us that even if we made our bed in hell, that there you will be also with us. So God, we thank you that we're never alone. We thank you that, that we never have to experience life alone. We thank you that we never have to do life alone. God, we thank you that no matter what the man has said, no matter what the woman has done, we thank you that we are not valued and that, that our worth is not attached to the works of us, oh God. But we thank you, God, that our worth is attached to what you think about us, what you created us for. So God, we pray even now, oh God, that, that you cause us to be more kind to one another, oh God. We pray even now, God, that you cause our individuality and our uniqueness to shine like never before, oh God. God, we pray even now, oh God, that even in this season of an ongoing pandemic, oh God, that, that where we may be worried, oh God, concerning the vaccine, should we take it? Shall we not take it? God, you be the judge. You be the author and the finisher of our faith. And God, you give us instruction, oh God. God, you show us what it is that is needed, oh God, to end this pandemic, oh God, because it is my sincere faith and my sincere belief that if the body of Christ would draw together like never before, that this thing will move and then glory to God, that your perfect will must be made manifest through it. So God, we pray even now, oh God, that where we are, that we should not be, that you give us the strength to get up and to walk away. And for those of us that have been beaten down too much, for those of us that have been destroyed, for those of us that can't even muster up the energy to, to move, God, I pray that you will pull us out of that place. God, I thank you that every time that we thought we wouldn't make it, you showed up. God, I thank you that every time we attempted to take our life, you showed up. God, I thank you that every time we wanted to give up and to give in, you showed up. God, I thank you that you always show up just in the nick of time. So God, we thank you for the underdog anointing. And God, we thank you that it looks like it's not going to happen. God, we thank you that it looks like you've forgotten about us. God, we thank you for what it looks like. But God, I'm reminded of your scripture where you told the prophet to tell his servant to look again because you promised us some things. So God, we look again and we will wait until we see what you have said. God, we thank you and we adore you. We appreciate you for who you are. We thank you that you did not take us out when you could have, but you gave us enough grace and enough mercy to bring us to this moment. So God, we pray even now that you will forgive us for sins of commission and of omission, oh God. We pray even now, God, that some person that is listening, oh God, that they will renew their life with you, God. God, we pray even now, God, that you will wash us of our sins, that you would cleanse us and purify us, oh God. 
that we may be worthy to be used by you. God, we thank you and we adore you. And in Jesus name we pray. Amen. I want to leave us this week with a what if of the week. And this week's what if is what if God is prolonging, prolonging the pandemic for you to release that which he has created you to produce? I'm going to ask y'all again because that was deep when he said it to me. What if God is prolonging the pandemic for you to release that which he has created you to produce? And trust me, I understand we all are not supposed to have a business. We all not going to get an LLC, an LLC, an incorporate. We're not going to all get that. But there is something that God has instructed each and every one of us to do. There is something that God has purpose for each and every one of us to produce in this pandemic. And what if God is holding up this pandemic because he does not want you to miss your moment to produce and receive that which he's promised? And I want to remind us, as I do always, I close out with our motto here. These, this is not our life that we are living. So these are not our problems that we are given. Once again, this has been the Millennial Prophet's Perspective. I am your boy, your host, your cousin, your nephew, your preacher, your praiser, your worshiper, your Hayanamashio. I am Christopher DeShannon. I thank you for listening. I pray that something has been said and done that will enlighten you, that will cause you to think and look another way, that will cause you to go back to the drawing board. And if needed, start over. God bless you. I love you and have a great week. Until next time.